Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Check it out and you'll hear from 49 authors about all sorts of things moms don't have time to do. All the authors have been on this podcast. Also, check out my TikTok, at with Zibby and Tracy, my other podcast, Sex Talk with Zibby and Tracy. Check out Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. And of course, my new publishing company called Zibby Books. And now back to our daily author interview site and a quick hello from some of my kids. Hi. Hi. Hello. Enjoy the show. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Here's a little snippet by one of the authors from the anthology. My name is Carla Nomberg, and I'm thrilled to have contributed to Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. My essay is called Night Breathing, and what I really don't have time for is sleep. Amy Mason Doan is the author of Lady Sunshine, a novel. Amy is the best-selling author of The Summer List and Summer Hours, and now Lady Sunshine. Amy lives in Portland, Oregon, and grew up in California, but as a girl, she visited the Oregon Shakespeare Fest with her grandparents every year, and she now considers both states home. As a writer for publications including The Oregonian, San Francisco Chronicle, Wired, and Forbes, Amy has interviewed everyone, from beer-brewing monks to nanotechnologists. Amy has an MA in journalism from Stanford University and a BA in English from UC Berkeley. Welcome, Amy. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Lady Sunshine, a novel. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations to you too on your new publishing venture. You have so much going on. I know. It's really a little bit crazy, but it's fun. (laughs) It's just a little crazy. You're making time. 
Taking time, but I love it. Okay, so this is your third novel yes. after The Summer List and The Summer Hour and Summer Hours. Yep. Why this plot? Why now? Tell everybody what the book's about and yeah. tell us all the good stuff. So why now? It's always hard to answer that question since I started. I got the idea. Yes, so long ago, I know. 20 years ago, I've had this idea a lot when I was a reporter, long before I even started writing fiction. And I got it from a song. I actually, I love to show this because I want everyone to buy this record. It's called Mermaid Avenue. Yes, I still have CDs. <laughs> and it's by Billy Bragg. And Wilco and Natalie Merchant. This is old stuff from the I 90s. Natalie Merchant. Yeah. So way back when, when I was in my previous life before I started writing fiction, I loved this one song on here called California Stars. And I had just gone through this brutal breakup and I would play this song all the time, as one does. And <laughs> I kind of dug in and got the story behind the song. And I found out that the lyrics were written by Woody Guthrie, but the music was made after he died. His daughter got together with some of her favorite recording artists, and they recorded this treasure trove of his lyrics that she had found, this notebook. And it's poetry. I mean, it's Woody Guthrie. So I always had that idea kind of kicking around. I wrote two other novels, but I had this idea for a book where there would be secrets hidden in song lyrics. And that's kind of the heart of this book. It's about a woman who inherits a house, you know, at its most basic level, she goes out to this house to kind of deal with it and sell it quickly. Her name is Jackie, but we find out that she spent this amazing time there when she was a teenager, that her uncle who had owned the house was this fabulous musician who hosted all these gatherings. And most important that she had this amazing friendship with her cousin, Willa, who is missing. So layers and layers of secrets and... You know, it's just, it's about that intense bond that you have with people when you're younger and whether or not you can recapture it later in life. Wow. Well, I love how you set the whole thing up and how, you know, Jackie is sort of hiding from her boyfriend, like doesn't even want to admit that she has this huge piece of her life. Like, right. tell me about like that one decision. Like, was she embarrassed? Like, why does she not <laughs> want to share it? Like, what, what's yeah, that Yeah, poor Paul. So Paul's her sort of <laughs> long-suffering boyfriend in Boston. Jackie's living this very quiet life in Boston. She's a music teacher and she has this basement apartment and it's all very inside, very safe and comfortable. And she keeps Paul at arm's length. And she just tells him, oh, I inherited this house and I'm going to go deal with it. And he wants to come with her. He's like, we'll make it into this romantic trip. I've always wanted to go to California. She's like, no, thanks. <laughs> so I think she's, she's not telling him because she's not telling herself how important this place is. It's called the Sandcastle. It's really was this mecca for artists and free spirits back in the day, back in 1979, since half the book is set back then in 1979. And, you know, she doesn't want to admit how much it means to her. So her right. telling him it's no big deal, you know, it's a, it's a novel. So, of course, it's a big deal. Yep. Or there would be no story. So, right. <laughs> yeah, but Paul is, he's just, it's a good guy, but he's, she's just not sharing, letting him in, you know? Yeah. I, I know how that goes. <laughs> and the way you describe it, the compound really, it's like a mm -hmm. summer camp, right? It's like a, all the buildings and how she claims slipstream right away, basically, and just sort of settles in and you can feel Jackie sort of not fitting in. You do such a good job of showing like even her 
like she's so out of place in a way that even her clothes don't seem to fit right. Like she wants to wear different clothes. She wants to be someone who she's basically not to fit in, which some places can make you feel, especially from the past, right? You just want to like shed your blazer, whatever it is. (laughs) Yeah. And so when she's 17, I forget if she's 17 or 18 when she first comes, she's this very rich girl from San Francisco. She's basically being dumped there by her uncle and her aunt. And she just looks down and she's got like pressed, you know, like ironed clothes, you know, from iMagnon or some store in San Francisco and looks around and actually like wrinkles up her clothes because she, she wants to fit in. And it is sort of like this adult summer camp. And I've had so many readers ask me if they can go, does it exist? Uh, No, it doesn't, unfortunately, but it's, it's a place where she can go and kind of be herself. And she realizes that. And she wants to stay forever at one point until something happens. She really thinks that she is going to stay there, that she's found this accepting community that she's been been aching for forever. But yeah, I love oh, that for scene where she's she's ventures out and she's kind of nervous and not sure how they're gonna what they're gonna think of her, this rich girl from San Francisco, you know. Right. And it's often hard. I mean her dad was out and about with his new wife and, you know, what is she going to yeah. do? And she's, she all of a sudden has all this independence. And then you see how, <laughs> this is why I'm afraid to give my kids like too long a leash. <laughs> I mean, look what happens here. So anyway. Yeah. She has a lot of freedom. I mean, she really does. She has an older boyfriend and nobody's, nobody's keeping track of her whereabouts. She has basically her own little house. She has this cabin you know, they all, there's all these outbuildings and cabins and her cousin just sleeps on the beach sometimes. It's a yeah. very unstructured lifestyle and she loves it. You know, she finds a lot of happiness there. And, and then of course something happens, big crash at the end of the summer. We don't really know what happened, but in the present tense and in, in 1999, we see that the place kind of starts to come alive again because there's this group recording a tribute album to her uncle and she keeps delaying her return to Boston. She'll just stay another week, another week. Poor Paul's like, what's going on? Because the place is starting to become what it used to be for her. And she really wants to recapture that. And I love how, you know, she's debating if if they should do the tribute album or not. And she was like, okay, I have two conditions. Like, it all has to go to charity. And what was the other one? Something funny. <laughs> What's that? Like, don't let don't let my cat escape. Oh yeah, don't lose my cat. Yeah, and of, of course. course I'm a cat owner, so there's there's a bit of me in that. But you know, she's brought her cat with her. That's she didn't bring the boyfriend, but she brought the cat. And yeah, those are her two conditions. She doesn't this want is, to make money. You know, she, yeah. she has her own reasons for wanting this to happen. This is a, a sign to pay attention to when you'd rather spend eight weeks yeah. with your cat than your yeah. significant other. This is time to reevaluate yeah. if you Again, are with the right Paul. person. The writing's on the wall, you know, the cat made it onto the plane, but you did it. Something, something might be a mess, but yeah. you know, I hope I treated him fairly. I, even my minor characters and he's not on the page very long, but I did want to give him his, his moment and he's a good guy, you know, he's just uninformed. I think it's also interesting how you raise the question of if somebody's a public figure and they have unpublished work, whether you're an author or an artist or a, a songwriter, whatever, who does that belong to? Like, is it the responsibility of the people, whether it's this record label or the, the family? Like, what do you do with that? And like, would it have been okay for her to say, I want to keep these 
private when so many people are demanding and feel they have a right to that content? And when do you sort of cross over? Like how public a figure do you have to be? Like who gets to decide? You must have thought about all these issues. Yeah. I mean, that's a really interesting layer to it. And I've had long discussions with my partner about that. You know, what if I, what if I, God forbid, die and I have an unfinished manuscript, what are you going to do? What's the plan? Are you going to try to finish it? Because he's a he's a writer, so he's a reporter. But we've we've had discussions about that, and my feeling with my work is is no. So and yet I love this album. I love the idea of combining someone's lyrics with someone's music, and just the gutsiness of that. Like it's both very intimate and and just so bold. And I've had some good discussions with book groups about that, and people are really split on whether that's the right thing to do or not. Do you just leave it intact or do you try to share it with the world, you know, by finishing it? I still don't know. I, I Mostly I think with my work, no, but with other people's maybe. And that's not really fair, but that's kind of where, that's what I'm feeling right now. Yeah, I feel like it needs to be part of the the living will, if if you will, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's something yeah. that people should talk to their families about. And It's true. I mean, I'm sure there are estate lawyers that specialize in such things for for very successful artists, but, you know, it's an interesting question. The other question is, what about, how can you separate the art from the artist? And Jackie really worships Graham, her uncle, when she first arrives. You know, he's so accepting. He's so magnetic. He's like a big lion. He's got a big beard. And he presides over this beautiful place that she loves so much. And then, of course, she realizes he's not what he seems. And, and yet he's a incredibly talented and gifted writer and, and folk musician kind of holding on to the 60s. So lots of good stuff to discuss. And I don't have all the answers. I just, I find the questions really interesting. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Agreed. So tell me about your other novels and how they sort of relate to this one. I mean, I think the common thread is nostalgia. I didn't realize that when I set off to write, but with my first book that's set partially in the 90s, that's the summer list. And it's about two grown women doing a scavenger hunt 
like the one the ones they used to do when they were girls. That's also set in California. So I'm really drawn to these themes of connecting with the past and searching for answers and unfinished business. So as summer hours as well, it's about someone who's on a road trip up to a wedding with a man from the past. And the tricky thing about writing that book, which came out in 2019, is we don't know who he is for half the book. So they're driving up in a convertible, you know, up Pacific Coast Highway, and they have this huge wedding present between them, like a wall. And so I had to kind of ride around describing who he was. He could be one of two people. And then we find out who he was. So common common theme is definitely reckoning with the past and, and you know, women wrestling with those things that still matter and, and trying to confront them as adults. Just to give you your own little psychotherapy here. Why do you think you uh, yeah. like spending so much time in the past? Right. I need it. <laughs> I mean, writing, that's just why writing is such great therapy. Obviously, I think I, I mean, this has become really clear to me is I have unfinished business with my friendships, you know, because I, I write about friendships more than anything, even Jackie and Willa, they're cousins, but they're friends, you know. I think I, I struggle to have the, the tight friendships that you have for the rest of your life, I was dealing with my own stuff and I wasn't a very good friend. So there's a huge amount of that. And this, these books have been great for getting me to work through them. And I, I mean, just basically, I think that's what we deal with. My best friend is a therapist, which is handy, <laughs> but she even saw it, you know, in my books, like you really, you like to explore that connecting with the past and figuring out why we are the people we are as adults by looking at that teenager inside of us. And I'm just endlessly fascinated by that. I think it's fun and it's it's just yields so many interesting scenarios in writing, but also obviously psychologically for, for me and maybe a few of my readers, hopefully. Absolutely. Have you thought about reaching out to any of those friends? I have. Well, the funny thing is when you publish a book, you know, they reach out to you. Oh, of course they should. (laughs) I mean, you know this, right? I mean, but you know, you've been a public public figure for some time, but I've had, I've reconnected with one very special person because of my books, you know, saw it in an airport. You know, the fantasy is always like some horror, some bad person you dated is going to see your book somewhere and reach out and, you know, apologize for breaking your heart hello, person who yeah. listen to this song, that has not happened. But I, I, ha- I mean, I, and I've talked to a lot of readers and book clubs who have said that. One in the summer list in particular, which is really kind of a, a tearjerker in some ways, a lot of women especially have told me it inspired them to reach out to a friend or someone that they had a fight with or just someone they hadn't talked to in 20 years. So that's lovely. I can't hear that enough. No, we, that's great. Life is short and we should do that sort of thing. So do you have a playlist for this book? I do. Yeah. It's actually in the back of the book. Oh no, I missed Um, it. I'm so sorry. Yeah. It's probably not in your copy because you had a galley, but in the final book, like. I don't have it. I have all these blank. I have blank pages. Okay. Oh, you just have like TK, right? Yeah. Uh, So we did. Okay. So Jackie, my main character loves disco. And Willa, her cousin, is kind of holding on to the 60s. She's more into Joan Armatrading and Joni Mitchell and Judy Collins, her father's type of music, but women. So my editor had the brilliant idea of doing a side A for Jackie and a side B for Willa. And it's on Spotify. I have it on my Instagram too, but it was really hard to narrow down. But 
I mean, I spent many, many happy hours picking out these songs. I love that. Awesome. Well, there's something just so like carefree about the book, right? You just get a sense. It's hard to read it without inhaling some of that vibe, right? The like free spirited dancing around the fireplace, which is like not fireplace, fire pit, like that whole, you know, ethos or whatever, which is certainly not a part of my day-to-day life. <laughs> it's like the yeah. anti struck It's like the anti-ICAL is this book, right? It's the, it, it, which is nice. Everybody needs a dose of that. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, the San Francisco Chronicle wrote my favorite review and they said, it's a feel good book because of that nostalgia. And we all need that right now, that comfort. And exactly. Maybe, maybe I was trying to capture that when I wrote it. Cause I certainly enjoyed living that life for a little while. What are you working on now? So I have a new book. It'll probably come out in 2023 with Graydon House. And I'm so excited about it, but it's about, it's inspired by a real family who lives, lived a very unusual nomadic life. And it's about the daughter in this large family of boys. I can say that much. Set in California. That's where I grew up. I can't say much more, except I love it. It's a huge mess right now. I have a lot to do. But it does tackle those themes of nostalgia and can't wait. More soon. More soon once I finish it. And is this like where you work, where we're doing the Zoom now? Like is this, do you work mostly at home? Yeah. Never. Okay, so I'm in, you can see I've got my needle point that my grandfather did. I've got your book and your candle there. This is my master bedroom and I'm only set up here today because it's the quietest room in my house. My, my neighborhood, I love it, but it's, it's noisy. I'm in Portland and we've got multiple neighbors like renovating their houses and dogs barking. So this is like the soundproof room. I never work in here. Actually, when I was writing Lady Sunshine, I worked largely in a tent in my backyard. No joke. And I think I might do that again for every book. I just had to escape. Everyone was home with school during virtual school during COVID. And my husband was home working and it was just so noisy. So I fled to the backyard. That's amazing. So yeah, and I don't work in an office. I'll work anywhere that I can just have some quiet. So in the tent, did you did you put a desk in the tent? Now I'm getting inspired no, by this idea. I'll send you, you a like, picture. Are you on a sleeping bag in the tent or what? Okay. How are you doing that? <laughs> this was actually like a 30 year old Kelty camping tent, my trusty tent that I've had forever. Very small dome tent no room for a desk, but I can't work at a desk anyway. I usually work like reclining. I did have a mattress and a huge amount of pillows. And it just was like a big nest, no Wi-Fi, which is great when you're a procrastinator as I am. And it was just me kind of out there listening to the drizzle and the birds and my, you know, sometimes I would sleep out there and wake up and write because I like to write in the middle of the night sometimes. Yeah. I kind of, I forget that I did that. It is a little strange now that I think about it, but I, I just made the decision immediately. Like I just fled. I staked my my tent out there. That was going to be my space, my creative space. And it worked. You know, I finished and I love the book. So I highly recommend it. Huh. I got a tent <laughs> for my kid's birthday. We And we put like all sorts of pillows and brought a mattress from inside and everything. And then I guess... I didn't realize there was a sprinkler right there. So everything got like completely soaked through. Anyway, it was not. This is just like (laughs) another reason why I am not a camper. I can't even (laughs) camp in my backyard without like ruining something. So (laughs) I had some leaks because I'm in Portland. I mean, it rains. It rains in the summer. I think I started this like in March of 2020. 
and definitely had some serious leaks. And I would put golf umbrellas kind of around. Oh, interesting. I had a whole system. My neighbors all saw it, you know, from up in their upstairs. I'm like, what is going on? Are you like, are you fighting? (laughs) Are you and Mike like having some issues? And no, it was just sort of a creative decision. And were you involved? I love this cover. Were you involved in the cover design? A little. I can't I can't take much credit for it. So Gigi Lau and Mary Luna at HarperCollins designed it. They've designed all my covers and I just love it. I think it really captures it's kind of Willa, I think, more than Jackie, but it's just captures the vibe of the sandcastle that the flower crown and everything. So thank you. I I I, I think it's one of my favorite covers but I'm a little biased, of course. (laughs) I agree. I think it's awesome. So what advice would you have for aspiring authors? You'd think I would have a tight answer for that at this point. Kill the butterfly. I wish I could take credit for that. Have you heard that expression before, killing the butterfly? Mm -hmm. It's Ann Patchett's. I think she wrote about it in an essay, The Escape Plan or The Getaway in her collection, This is the Story of a Happy Marriage. And it was about how you have this perfect idea in your head. That's the butterfly. That's your story that you think you're going to write. And what you do when you finally sit down to write, when you stop procrastinating and you're in your tent or wherever you are, is you smash it. You smash that butterfly right on your keyboard. And it's such a vivid image. And, And that is really what it is. That's the pain of writing and the risk and the fear of failure. All of that, that psychological game of writing that makes it so hard. And it never changes. I mean, I'm on book four and it's still hard to kill that butterfly. You know, it's never what you think it is in your head, but it'll be something else beautiful. That's my best advice. Love it. That's great advice. Amazing. Well, you've inspired me now. I want to like play this music and dance around and, you know, (laughs) pretend I'm a free spirit and that I'm much cooler cooler than I am. (laughs) Um, But I really loved your characters and the setting and the story and just, you know, you like took me away. You know, it was great. That's what I look for. Thank you. That's my praise. Thank you, Zibby. I'm such a fan and it was so nice talking to you. It's so nice talking to you too. All right. Well, take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 
Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.